Sunday scaries have nothing on the back-to-school scaries. And what are two of our biggest stressors? Time and money. Today on Happier Music Teacher, your back-to-school time and money guide. Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. This week's verse of the day, Psalm 127.2. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. This week's People, Podcast, and Promotion Spotlight shines on one of my heroes, Ruth Sukup. Ruth is a seven-time, yes, I said seven-time, New York Times bestselling author. She is an entrepreneur, a product creator, and also a depression survivor. Her products are Living Well, Spending Less, Elite Blog Academy, Living Well Planner, Do It Scared, and Thinlicious. You can check her out at Ruth Sukup Omnimedia. I don't think there are too many words in the English language that elicit as much of a response emotionally as the words time and money. And during back to school, and especially as teachers, a lot of times we feel just starved for time and starved for money at the beginning of the year. The good news is you have a lot more control than you think over both areas of your life. So let's tackle it today. The first thing is, are you going to do the same things this fall? You don't have to automatically be on this hamster wheel and have everything decided for you. You have more control than you think. So in this instance, are you going to do the same things performance-wise this fall as you did last year? Really examine it. You might choose to. You might even choose to add more, but definitely don't do it just because you've always done it that way because maybe your school community is ready for a break and a change and some of the things that you think they have to have They don't. So if you get the opportunity, ask them. Talk to your team. Talk to your admin. Talk to your um, parents and students and see which ones they really like and which ones they don't and why. You might be surprised at the answers. Regarding your committees, regarding your personal activities, regarding your involvement at church or in musical groups or community, just because you always have doesn't mean you always will. Or doesn't mean that it might be time for you to step down for someone and give someone else the opportunity to serve. Or it might be time to add something on. Like I said, I've encouraged people recently to add on a musical group if they're able. Um, Like I said, that's not going to be wise for me this fall, but it might be wise for you. So like I said, every season is different. It is totally okay to re-examine every single year what was going to work for you and your family. But don't just go on autopilot. And a good way to check this is if you feel excited about something or dread. Now, none of us, I don't think any of us, are going to come to the end of the summer and just be so glad it's the end of the summer. But if you're just really feeling that pit in your stomach, that dread, that gut check feeling, that is there to tell you something. You should at least feel vaguely excited about the activities before you start the activities. You are not required to do anything outside of it. So think about what's really going on there for you and your family. You do not have to just do what you've always done. Same with your kids and their activities. You do not have to let your kids' activities rule your life. Are they going to do the same thing as they did before? 
Are they adding something new? And if so, why? Are they really feeling led to do this activity or is it just because they think, you know, their friends are doing it so they like to be included on in it, but they're not really passionate about it. And you all are running yourself ragged with time and money for an activity they're kind of eh about. Or let's be honest, an activity you'd love your kid to be pumped about and they're really not. So like I said, much better to have these conversations now before all those papers come and you're just automatically signing and committing and over committing and feeling like you have no margin, no bandwidth for you and your family and your activities. So check and find out what's going on this fall. Those of you that listen that know me personally know that this is not just academic for me. Um, I am going through the exact same thing with you. I have a 12-year-old. We'll try to figure out what he's able to do this fall that works for the whole family. He may not get everything he wants. It might be more than we want. Like I said, what you have to compromise and at least start the conversation without assuming. The other thing I spoke on this in the most recent episode is that margin day, that Sabbath. I really encourage you as much as possible, and it does not have to be Sunday. Uh, It does not even have to be churchy if that's not your thing. But have a day or a portion of a day that you really try to protect for yourself and your family. I don't think it is healthy or wise or even sustainable for you to just go all the time with no rest and think that you're going to make it up During long weekends and on school holidays, that is not enough to keep you functioning and have a healthy family and relationship in my estimation. So even if it's not strictly every week, um, even if it's not, like I said, very legalistic, think about having a day that you protect for yourself, that you all do not feel like you're slaves to activity, slaves to running around. You have the control here. I think a lot of times we think our time and money happen to us, like poof, but you are the one who's in charge of how you spend your time. You are the one who's in charge of how you spend your money. Even if it can feel out of control, you have more control than you think. In fact, I would venture that a better subtitle for this podcast than self-care for the music educator is you have more control than you think. Almost every episode comes back to that. Regarding your contract hours at work, and like I said, it can very much depend on the season, but don't just let it happen to you. There's an ebb and flow there, but decide ahead of time what that's going to look like for you this year. It might be before school. That's what I think mine is looking like, and it will be some extra time. I'm going to be in a new district, a new campus. It might be after school for you, but set your limits. It might be that you think, okay, during a concert week, all bets are off, but then I'm going to make up for it the next week by leaving at contract every single day. It really doesn't matter, but I think it's much better to decide ahead of time than get in the heat of the moment and let it decide for you and you feel resentful. I'm probably way more comfortable with this than a lot of people, but I really encourage you when you need to, start with what is required and then get fancier from there. Now, that may come across as lazy or bad attitude, and please hear my heart. I don't think that's where it's coming from. But when we get so overwhelmed as teachers, a lot of the things we put on ourselves aren't shoulds from other people. They're our own. Or we're trying to impress other music teachers, or I don't know what we're trying to do. But a lot of times we're super stressed about things that simply aren't required. They're nice to haves. They're nice to do's. But like I said, if you're drowning, start with the basics. Do those to the very best of your ability and then add on as time and energy and wisdom and what your school community wants dictates. 
swinging back to things we always do because we always assume we had to, you do not have to be in your church orchestra or band, although those are certainly wonderful things. Just because you're a musician doesn't mean you have to serve in this season, especially if God isn't calling you to do that. I'm not sure why you would do that. So get real clear on your why. Don't just go on autopilot there. Regarding teaching lessons, I love teaching lessons. That was my full-time job for over a decade. But for me, when I'm teaching school right now, and like I said, I know for many it is a financial reality, but do question the assumption that you have to teach all day at school, and then you have to teach several hours every evening, and then you have to gig all weekend and start it over again. Like I said, that hamster wheel where you're just dead and grinding so hard, and you really have lost the joy. Do you have to do all that? Or maybe it's a want to, and those things fill you up. I'm not the one who's in charge of telling you, but I do want you to examine it. Regarding all those extras, I'm going to tell you that you are not charging enough for your lessons. You are probably not charging enough for your gigs. And you're probably not charging enough for your side hustle. Now, sometimes we are at the mercy of the district rate. Or sometimes we are at the mercy of the gig rate and we're scared to rock the boat. Or we don't want someone else to undercut us for that. Or with our side hustle, we just can't believe that someone's paying us for it, so we massively undercharge, or we don't value ourselves, or we compare our boutique really excellent product to someone's, let's be honest, eh, type of product. I would say this is particularly true for women. I have heard every excuse in the book on this, and I will say I was a benefit of that when I was taking French horn lessons as a child. My French horn teacher very much was kind to us I took lessons for $5 a week every week for my horn teacher. She was just very kind about it, and I'm very grateful. But I'm going to say most of us are not doing that just for one kid, for kind of as a ministry. It's more of our business or our side business. So feel free. They will pay plenty of money for sports. Yeah, I said it. Feel free to charge enough. And if that gets rid of some of the riffraff who don't feel like you're worth that, then your time just got freed up anyway. Sounds like a win-win to me. Now, I'm not talking about gouging anyone, but I will say in my experience that people appreciate what they pay for. So by all means, take what you would probably charge and communicate clearly, but don't be afraid to raise your rates. The beginning of the school year is a beautiful natural time to do that. Also the middle of the school year at the start of a new semester as you're bringing new families on. Now it would not be fair or equitable to have different rates for everyone. Like I said, across the board, be very clear and very kind. Along the same lines, and I know this was different for us and other lesson teachers, I knew lots of lesson teachers who would not charge for an unexcused absence, thinking they were being kind. And what they were really doing was they were training their families to be flaky and not respect their time and money. So instead, as long as you have been clear about the absences and things, you're not being mean, you're not being cheap, in fact, I would say you're actually encouraging the student to behave in a professional way to treat you the same courtesy they would treat a doctor's appointment and to schedule with notice and cancel with notice. And if they're not able to, to pay for that because you're a professional. So it sounds like I made the transition to time and money when I was talking about lesson teaching. I probably got on a little bit of a rant there. There is no financial replacement for contentment. And something particular to elementary campuses, in my estimation, I don't see the same one-upmanship in high school or middle school, but on an elementary campus, it is a fashion show, 
And I will sit there and in my mind total up their outfit, their shoes, their jewelry, and I don't know how they're doing this. These teachers must have a trust fund. I don't know. Or maybe that they're skimping in other areas of their life in order to do this. Um, But there is no lack of spending opportunities on an elementary campus. You have to decide ahead of time what is okay and comfortable for you and your family. Because if you're letting other people set the bar, I don't know. Like I said, maybe they have a trust fund. Maybe they're deeply in debt. Maybe they're very wealthy. I don't know, but I've never seen anything like it. So you need to set what's going to go for you and not just go with the flow. An amount for school spending, because my goal is not to spend my whole paycheck on looking good for school and on my classroom. So nothing is off limits for looking at here. There are lots of opportunities to give at school, right? You can buy for the other kids' fundraisers. You can give for charities. You can give to students in need. There are really limitless opportunities. Regarding your classroom, you could add on and buy things out of your own pocket all day long. And regarding clothing, you could buy a cute Amazon outfit for every single dress-up day for Dare Week, for every Christmas-themed dress-up day, for your team t-shirts, for your classroom, on and on and on. So I think, yes, that's going to happen. It does not have to happen out of your own pocket, but you will probably choose to on some level. If you do, decide ahead of time where your comfort level is and stop there. This might be a little uncomfortable and you have to be really secure in your own skin. When it's at the end of the year and you're out of money and people are passing the hat for their kid's fundraiser, you might have to politely decline or pass. When your classroom across the hall from you is completely decked out in hundreds of dollars of things from Teachers Pay Teachers, a new rug and furniture that they obviously bought for that purpose, and they've spent so much money printing off things at Kinko's, you can also pass on that. Yours does not need to look like them. Regarding clothing and dressing up, by all means look professional, but figure out what your limits are with that when you're buying for school. Otherwise, you'll look up and you've spent a whole lot of money to impress people on your campus and you don't have much paycheck at all to take home and you're resentful. So it may not be that you're so poorly paid. It may be that your finances are so poorly managed. I will say this takes courage, especially if someone on your team is always pressing y'all to spend past your comfortable limits on things or on takeout during the school day, any of the other things that money might go to. You don't always have to err on the side of cheap, but also your colleague is not in charge of your finances at home. You are. Along the same lines, I have been shocked when I talk to people how little financial cushion they have. Now, like I said, I am not God's gift of money. I am not Dave Ramsey himself, but you need to have some type of cushion because, oh my goodness, emergencies happen. They're real. So Dave Ramsey says to have a short-term goal of $1,000. For some of y'all, that is probably feeling next to impossible, but chip away at it. Make it a goal. It is possible, and you will sleep better at night knowing you have that cushion between yourself and a bad day. This is a friend of mine because I just started it for my new district, is check your benefits. Especially if you've been there a while, you might have just always decided that you're going to do what you always did with your benefits. You don't even check it anymore. It is worth it to take a look and see what you really need to have in there. Are you giving to the grant fund donation? I feel like that's important if you're someone who's going to be applying for grants and things. Are you paying for health care that you don't use? 
Are you covered with disability insurance in case the worst happens? Are you covered with life insurance for you and your family? I think so many of us just close our eyes and hope for the best, but we really don't know what we're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, like I don't know what I'm doing, get some help on it. As usual, don't make yourself crazy doing every single suggestion I have, but maybe between now and the start of school, you could do one suggestion that I have. So think about your fall and think about not going on autopilot, making conscious decisions that you're excited to implement, not ones that you dread because you've always done them. Check with your kids in their schedule and set limits for you and your family. Your limits might look different than mine, totally okay, but don't just wander into the fall with your kids doing every single activity they'd like to do. Absolutely not. Do you have a margin day or your Sabbath where you're trying to protect that day for yourself and your family just to exhale, just to have a little bit more peace? I feel like the most that you'll get from all the time and money differences is more peace in your life. Do you have a financial cushion or a plan to get there? Have you checked your benefits lately? Are you charging enough for all the musician things that we always undercharge for? Your lessons, your gigs, your publications, your side hustles. Do not be scared to charge what you're worth. It is not a race to the bottom, no matter how competitive the field is. And have you set an amount that you are comfortable with for your school spending? Whatever it is, don't forget to factor in those incidentals, your classroom, your giving, your clothing. And regarding contentment, the rest of your team, the rest of the campus, the parents and students are not in charge of your spending. You are. And this is not an oppositional thing. It is just more that you know yourself well, you've set your limits, and you've determined ahead of time how much of your time and money you're going to devote to your job. My next presentation is actually an on-demand session for the F-flat Annual Back-to-School Symposium, or FABS for short. It's an online and in-person conference happening August 3rd through 5th. The in-person is in Westchester, Pennsylvania. This has over 30 presenters from the F-flat community, and I think you'd really enjoy it. As usual, admission is pay what you want, which if you've been to other conferences, you know is not the case. F-Flat is also committed to paying their presenters equitably, which I think is just amazing. If you've been around the presentation world and music education, you know most of the time that you are paying to present and attend a conference and registration, and this is not how they do their work. Here's my session. Grants, donations, and other sources of funding, and it's an on-demand session, meaning that you can access it at any time once you've done the registration. Here's a spiel. Music teachers regularly miss out on thousands of dollars of much-needed equipment because they assume that the process of applying for grants, donations, and funding is more time-consuming and difficult than it is. Using her blend of tactical advice and guided journaling, Duhan helps educators move from overwhelm to action regarding seeking financial and other help for their classroom. Teachers will have time to brainstorm what programs are available at the district level, what information they always need to have on hand for applications, and how to evaluate if a grant program is worth their time. Music teachers will leave with a written plan of what they like for their classroom and what action steps they'll need to complete and when to make it happen. All this information, as well as my book, are available at fflatbooks.com. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.